Welcome to another exciting episode of The Tax Efficient Investor. Listen in as host Michael Johnston demystifies tax-efficient tactics to help you grow your wealth. We break down complex tax strategies and make them simple to understand and easy to implement. From HSAs to IRAs, 1031s, trusts, and more, we cover it all here on The Tax Efficient Investor. Welcome to the show. I'm Michael Johnston. Joining me today is Larry Pond. Larry is a CPA, a personal financial specialist, certified financial planner, enrolled agent, U.S. tax court practitioner, and accredited estate planner in Redwood Shores, California. Larry, we were just saying before we started, you've got an alphabet soup behind your name. You certainly do. That's a mouthful. Uh, I made it through that. So let's get on to the fun stuff. I'm excited uh, to talk to you today because hopefully we give people some pleasant surprises. Um, you know, there are such things as pleasant tax surprises. Sometimes you found out uh, you did something and it's actually going to save you money. You're, you're going to get a credit for it. So, uh, Larry, thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it. Thank you, Michael. So we're, we're talking today about tax credits that are available to, to taxpayers who have made certain investments in their, their residence in, in clean energy, specifically the energy efficient home improvement credits, clean energy credit, qualified refueling property credit. So Larry, I like to, um, I always like to ask people before we talk about, we're going to talk about the how and the what of these tax credits, but I like to start asking about the why. And I think in this case, it's it's probably pretty straightforward and pretty intuitive, but I'm going to ask about it anyways. What are we trying to incentivize here? Whenever there's a tax incentive, we as a society through our elected representatives are trying to incentivize some sort of behavior. So so what's the what's the why here? Well, the why is this came as a result of the Inflation Reduction Act that was passed uh, last year. And as part of that was some incentives for green energy, many, many incentives. Uh, but we're talking specific today about the ones who apply to our individual clients or, or individuals regarding your, your home and your personal residence. So the incentive is to replace that inefficient uh, furnace, to replace that inefficient water heater and to uh, use clean energy, incentivize electricity instead of natural gas, and also put solar panels and windmills and geothermal plants in your home. Okay, awesome. Well, one other foundational thing before we dive in here, we're talking about, about tax credits today. Can you just give, as we refresh it for a lot of folks, but the difference between uh, deductions and, and credits? Right. So the big difference between tax credits versus tax deductions is that a tax credit would be a dollar for dollar reduction in your tax liability. And we're going to talk about the specific mechanics of how these work, these specific credits work in your tax return, because there's some tax plan that goes into play. However, a tax deduction would only reduce your taxable income. And the benefit you can receive is based upon your tax bracket. And currently, very few Americans are itemizing their deductions. Most Americans yeah. are taking advantage of the standard deduction currently, and that will change in 2026. But currently, most people are not itemizing, so the benefit of a deduction is not that great. Yeah, that's right. I, I was looking it up before we came on here. I think it's about 90%. Um, that, that's a couple of years old, but about 90% of Americans are just taking the standard deduction. They're not itemizing. So for example, a lot of folks, if you make a charitable contribution, say you donate $1,000 to your charity, uh, your favorite charity, you don't actually get a benefit from that because you're not itemizing, you're you're taking the standard deduction instead. So credits, though, on the other hand, Larry gave a great explanation there, a, a dollar for dollar reduction. That's primarily what we're what we're talking about today is, is tax credits. 
Right. So let's dive in here. Let's start with the energy efficient home improvement credits, kind of another mouthful there. So walk us through this, Larry. What is this? What is this credit? Who's able to take advantage of this? Right. So this form, this this um, credit is going to be claimed on form 5695, IRS form 5695. So when the new form comes out, read the instructions very closely. Uh, If you read the current form and the current instructions based on the uh, pre-2023 law, the 2022 law, which is not as generous. So what has changed is that under the previous law, you had a $500 lifetime limit on any energy efficient home improvements. So that really didn't mean a whole lot because it's a $500 lifetime credit. What has changed is now it's a $1,200 annual credit. So what this means is not only do you need to do your tax planning every year, you also need to do your home improvement planning in conjunction with your tax planning because you can take this credit every year. Now, of course, we need to balance that out with practicality too. Yeah. So so what um how do you get this credit? What is eligible under this, under the energy efficient home improvement credits program and and, and form 5695? What's what's eligible in this? So here's the list of uh, items that would qualify. Exterior doors, which includes your garage door, uh, windows and skylights, insulation and ceiling materials for your house so it doesn't leak uh, warm air, cold air, central air conditioners, uh, heat pumps and heat pump water heaters, biomass stoves, boilers, and this new new thing called a home energy audit. So all of these will qualify for the energy efficient home improvement credit. However, they all have different limits, so we'll need to talk about that in just a second here. Okay. So, and what is what is the calculation for the credit? It's X percent of, of what you spend on these qualified purchases. Is that right? right? It's 30% of these uh, purchases. Okay. Now let's, uh, so the overall limit is $1,200 uh, per year for these credits. So okay. within so, that $1,200, there's a limit yeah. depending on what you're buying. So for doors, it's a $250. per door limit for a maximum of two doors. That's $500 per year. So you've got multiple doors. If it makes sense, maybe you want to stage your new door purchases over a number of years. Uh, Windows, yeah, the limits for Windows is $600. Same thing. You want if it makes sense, right? If it makes Windows sense. is a little bit harder. Yeah, the, the door you mentioned, you could do garage door one year and the the um, exterior doors the the other other years. Windows may be a little bit harder, but maybe not. Um, a lot, if you I have a lot know, of windows I'm, on your the, house. The, cha- the challenge of Windows would be scheduling the crew, and yeah, I, I did do my windows in two stages. I think we did the upstairs first and the downstairs second, and there are two different crews and. The upstairs crew is much better than the downstairs crew. So that's some other consideration to think about. And for the home energy audit, that's $150. Now, there's a $2,000 limit that's exempt from this $1,200 limit. And that's specifically for uh, heat pumps, biomass stoves, and biomass boilers. So if you switch out your uh, HVAC system to a heat pump system, or you switch out your water heater to hump heat pump water heater, that's a $2,000 limit. And what's changed in the new law is that there's no lifetime limit. The old law was a $500 limit. Mm-hmm. There's no lifetime limit. However, when we talk about tax credits, they come in two flavors. They're either refundable or non-refundable. These credits are specifically non-refundable. So if your tax liability is less than, let's say, $1,200, you're, you're, you're not going to get a refund for it. It's mm-hmm. non-refundable. Okay. 
and not subject to carryover. So if you're if you're got a client with a low tax liability and they're going to take mm-hmm. advantage of these credits, you, you might want to do some tax planning around that. Otherwise, they won't get the full advantage of the credit. Sure. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a great point, especially you know sometimes folks in um, there, there can be a lot of reasons why someone may have a, a tax liability under that amount. Um, you know, there's sometimes a, a gap year between when you when you stop working and and when you start claiming social security and pension, for example, where if you do things right, you can have uh, very little tax, very little uh, taxable income in those years. So really good points there that it is is non-refundable and cannot be carried forward. Um, so let's talk about mechanically how this works, Larry. You mentioned that you it's reported on on form fifty six ninety five. I'm guessing you need to meet certain requirements, make sure you hold on to the receipts in, in case you're audited. Um, kind of mechanically, how do you invite, advise clients to take advantage of this? Well, under current rules, we don't need to report any serial numbers or anything like that, but that will kick in in a, in a couple of years. Okay. So, yeah. It's kind of like, uh, I guess people cheat, right? Let's, let's go all sh- share this water heater <laughs> and, and among different people. So so currently there's no um, serial number limit, uh, serial limit report, but there will be. But yeah, certainly it's a good idea to keep uh, keep your receipts and document your purchase. Maybe take a picture of your garage or or whatever that is being done. So yeah. that's that's going to be important. So there's no requirement to send in receipts with the tax return, but in case there's a question, uh, just be prepared to provide the appropriate documentation. Now, whether the appliance qualifies for or not, we don't have to be the experts on that. Generally, the vendors are going to be pretty upfront about that. I mean, when you walk in the store. There's signs all over the place saying qualifies for a tax credit. So yeah. that's a selling point by the vendors. Okay. So that that should be something that, that folks listening can be aware of. Ask the salesperson, ask the vendor, is this eligible for energy efficient home improvement credits? They should know. I'm guessing if they don't, they can figure it out. Um, well, there are just things to clarify here, Larry. We're talking about federal taxes. Is that right? Are, there's, are there, um, there's, I don't believe the states do anything similar. Is that right? Well, the, the, there's another program called the Energy Rebate Program that's uh, sponsored by the state that's ministered through the states or the utilities might offer rebates if you apply certain appliances. So you check with your state Department of Energy to see if you qualify. A lot of these uh, rebates would uh, be applied at the time of purchase. Got However, it. you, you got to meet certain income requirements and they're pretty low. So they're aimed at uh, moderate and low income uh, people. To, yeah. To upgrade okay. Appliances. Okay. And, and just to be clear, there, there is is there an income limit for the energy efficient home improvement credits? There's no income limit. There's no income limit there. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. And then what about for folks who have multiple homes? Is this apply only to primary residents? Can you apply this to your secondary residents, rental properties? What's the restrictions there? So that 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 has changed too. So it does apply to your primary residence and can apply to a second home, but it will not apply to a vacation home. Uh, not, I'm sorry, will not apply to a rental property because a rental property is considered to be business property and that would fall under the business credits. That's a whole different set of complex rules. Yep. Okay, well, um, subject for another day. We're going to focus today on on the, the tax incentives for, uh, for, for residents, um, for, for residential properties. So let's move on here to the, the next, the second of the three credits we want to talk about today, the clean energy credit and it's gonna be tough to keep these uh keep these names uh straight i'm sure you've got them all straight but um they all kind of kind of sound a little bit alike so this is for solar panels i think is that right 
Right. So now it's called the residential clean energy credit. So on the form 5695, this is on page one of the 5695. The home improvement credits are on page two of 5695. So it's on both sides of the form. <clears throat> so this is for solar, wind, and geothermal uh, power generation. It includes solar water heaters too, fuel soils, and what's new is for 2023 is battery storage. Uh, previously, the battery storage had to be connected to the solar system. No longer. You can just have a battery system as a backup because we have power outages and those sorts of things. So uh, power, um, battery storage now applies. And I think there's a kilowatt uh, requirement. I think it's three kilowatts. Yes, it's three, three kilowatt uh, capacity. So we're not talking about your backup power supply for a computer. That's not going to qualify. That's too small. Okay. So yeah, it's going to be a, a bigger one. So it doesn't have to be connected to the power system. Now, this is kind of interesting. When it comes to solar water heaters, uh, that's for your heating your water and all that, but does not include swimming pools and hot tubs. I, I thought that was interesting because I, I uh, we should tell Congress to make a change for that because you know, instead of using your natural gas heater to heat your pool, how about a solar water heater? So sure. I yeah, don't know. I mean, that that yeah. uses a uh, uses a lot of energy, right? In some cases, exactly. to keep those exactly. um, to keep those warm, especially and especially as we get into the the fall and winter here for folks who are running those around. Um, but it is interesting. I'd, I'd like to know the logic behind that. Maybe there wasn't any, um, but it, it, I'd always love to be a fly on the wall in, in some well, of these conversations. I, I, I think Larry. there's like an equity issue there. Only rich people have pools, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway. Sure. So the, the credit is 30% of the costs of the systems plus cost of labor. So that's all included in there is 30%, no lifetime limit, no dollar limit. Got it. But, okay. But one, so, one thing I look out for is uh, don't just focus on the credit. Make sure you're paying yeah. the appropriate price for these because yeah. I, I have a personal example. I know my neighbor across the street paid twice as much as I did, and we have the same number of panels. So you know, I'm a CPA, so I know how to shop. And I got a great system with a great vendor, did a great job. I paid half as much as my neighbor did. Yes, yeah, I got so less of a credit, but I paid half as much as my neighbor. That's right. That's right. Twice, twice the credit means you paid twice as much, right? So um, it's a good point here. You you want to be a consumer. Um, you, you don't want to just, you don't want to maximize your expenditures just for the sake of um, you know, of, of maximizing the, the, the credit that you get. It's kind of like how, you know, Larry, I get what is it? Four percent. Whenever I shop at Costco, but I don't go to Costco and say I'm going to buy out the store here so I can get my <laughs> uh, my four percent back here. Right. Um, kind of the same thing here. You got you got to be consumer. It's a nice little cherry on top if you're going to do this anyways, mm -hmm. um, or if you're kind of on the fence on on whether or not that the numbers make sense for you, or, or whether it's something you, you can afford this year. Um, it can can certainly help to push you one way or the other. That comes back to exactly what uh, Congress and and the administration was trying to incentivize here. So just to, um, uh, on the clean energy credit for solar panels and some of the other water heaters, fuel cells, um, things you ran through, um, energy storage, 30% credit, there's no AGI or cost limit. So simple example, I spend $10,000 on it out, both the equipment and the labor, I get a $3,000 tax credit that reduces my, my liability. And is it, um, is it the same thing where this is, is non-refundable and, and cannot be carried forward? Ah, this is a little different, a little different. Okay. But before I go there, uh, there's been some controversy with some, not the most scrupulous vendors out there. And they'll like wink, wink and say, hey, 
um, I'll give you a free roof uh, for all this solar. And I'll write the receipt up that's for solar. You got to watch out for that. I mean, hmm. it, um, <clears throat> there are solar tiles out there. Currently, they're very expensive. Those would qualify completely because they're solar tiles. Okay. But um, but if you're putting on the infrastructure to lay the solar panels in your house, the inverter, the wiring and all that, that that's all that's all eligible for the credit. That's not a problem. However, if you need a new roof, I mean, your roof is not strong enough to hold up the panels or, or your roof is just rotted away. It's falling apart. Well, that's a separate cost. Uh, a new roof is not going to be counted towards the cost. So you got to watch out for that. But if you're doing roof repairs, like, uh, you know, putting in the appropriate uh, materials so it doesn't leak, water doesn't leak through the roof and all that, that'd be okay. Just not a brand new roof. Not Got it. And I guess, like, and you mentioned some unscrupulous vendors out there. I guess the incentive is they try to shift the entire amount into something that is eligible for the credit. So shift it out of the, the roof um, and into the solar panels. Um, I like where their head's at, but, you know, kind of clearly uh, that's not a gray area that's over the line. So um, good, good point to to be aware of that. We have an idea how much it costs. So, yeah. you know, if you get a certain number of kilowatt system, you kind of know what it costs. So if it's a 15 kilowatt system, you kind of know what it's going to cost. If numbers look out of line, you know, the IRS is going to have a question on that. They're, they're, they, they have enough data. We've, we've had this for a few decades now. So this is yeah. nothing new. Now, regarding the credit itself, it is a non-refundable credit. So in your example there, you have a $3,000 credit or or a $15,000 credit, whatever the credit is, if your tax liability is less than that, you're not going to get a refund for the difference. But the difference with the home improvement credit is that the residential clean energy credit is subject to a carryover. Mm. So subject to a carryover. So uh, so you got to be careful. We, we, we have our 90-year-old clients who have very little... Uh, tax liability and they're being sold these solar systems by these solar people and uh and you find out about it it's like uh we can't use this your tax liability is zero so yeah. for one client she ran into the situation and i said let's do a roth conversion so we did a roth conversion ah. to increase sure. your tax liability yeah. and it completely offset the tax on on the uh on the roth conversion so we did that yeah. for her because she had a zero tax eh, you know, we, we, it takes some tax plan because do we want to do it all in one year? Maybe not. It depends because this credit only applies on the federal return. So you got to balance it off the state tax planning too. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, that, that's smart. And and just for, for anyone who's who's trying to follow along here, what Larry's referring to, you do a Roth conversion that generates some ordinary income. Um, and then in this case, that income was immediately offset by this tax credit, it sounds like. And the benefit of that uh, then is is... Uh, move, when you move money from a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA, when you ultimately withdraw from withdraw from that Roth, uh, it's tax free. So there's there's definitely a benefit of, of getting money from traditional to Roth, especially if you can do it in this creative way. Larry just mentioned that he did for his client. He, he did essentially a, a no cost Roth conversion. Um, that's savvy. I like that. Um, always looking for ways to do uh, tax free roth conversions oh oh this is this is great of course we had to tax plan with our clients to see yeah what makes sense for them yep um okay so let's move on to number three here the qualified refueling property credit and this is is um relates to motor vehicles kind of as the, the title suggests so talk us through this one right so uh i have an electric car but i, I plug into my socket well, it's my regular electrical socket. So it takes overnight yeah. to charge my car because it's the regular 120 volt uh, 
socket. Well, I can upgrade it to uh, the 240 uh, volts and the higher wattage and all that. But so that would be a refueling station. And there's quite a few vendors out there that sell these. And you mm-hmm. can make 30% credit for that. Now, this is not just for electrical. This also applies for alternative fuel, uh, such as natural gas, because we have some people with yep. cars that are powered by natural gas. And, and we're already getting natural gas into our home. So you can put in an electrical uh, natural gas outlet in your in your garage and plug it into your car. So that's possible. Or uh, if you somehow can get hydrogen to your house, you can put one of those uh, recharging stations. Now, there's a limit, though. It's a, it's a 30% credit. And for individuals, for residential people, it's a it's limited to a thousand dollars. However, the the more interesting credit is for our business clients. For our business clients, clients who own the shopping mall, clients who own an apartment complex or even mm-hmm. an office building, and I, I ran some numbers for a client about this to put one of those charging stations at his parking lot at his uh, mall, and I ran some numbers. I said, "This is how." I, I think off the top of my head, I think he was going to generate about $13,000 of additional income by putting a charging station in front of his, uh, in front in his mall. And it was just one charging station that had two outlets on it. Um, so you get a 6% credit if you're, um, this is for a business property, but the limit is $100,000. So these are for those big office parks or shopping centers, or, you know, many of our clients have, large multi-unit apartments and and that's a challenge for a lot of apartment uh residents is they don't have a place to plug in the car so this is an incentive mm-hmm. like so take a look at your client base to see if you have uh, clients own apartments i think that's a good one of course you'll need to figure out the electrical upgrades and all those kind of costs that go into that sure okay so 30 percent credit for individuals but capped at a thousand dollars a six percent credit for, for businesses but a much higher limit there up to uh, $100,000 on this credit. And then mechanically, Larry, how, how do you claim this credit? Is there a different form for this one? Yeah, there's a different form for that. And um, I haven't seen the form for it. So I, I don't have the number off the top of my head right now, but we can always yeah. look that up when it's available. Yep. Okay. Okay. Great. Um, I'm in the same boat as you, by the way, Larry, I've got an electric vehicle. Um, it's uh, it's not it's called Arcimoto, um, kind of a, a weird little little car here. Uh, not really a car. It's a, a three wheeler, but it's an electric vehicle. And I do the same thing. I, I plug it just into the outlet in my garage. It takes um, basically overnight to charge all the way. So um, I should look into this if I want to upgrade my charging station. I can get potentially a thousand dollar credit here, thirty uh, percent of what I spend to do it. And instead of having to charge overnight, uh, I think that cuts down the charging time to flowers, depending on uh, depending on on what you do. And you can program these too to you plug in your car, but your utility will tell you when are the rates the lowest. Yeah. So, so you're not charging when the rates are high, charging mm. when the rates are low. So you can program, so you can plug it in, but uh, they're very smart. And also they're very smart that when it's uh, full, it'll stop. So yeah. you can't hurt your battery. But uh, yeah, uh, especially at our homes, if we can pick the, I don't know what the times are, but you can check your utility and when the rates are the lowest and charge at those times. Sure. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes that makes um, a really big difference. Um, especially Larry and I are both on the the West Coast here, and um, with with power supply issues, sometimes uh, makes a big difference if you use overnight as opposed to peak hours during the day. Exactly. Um, okay, Larry, this has been really helpful. I think hopefully some people out there had uh, some some pleasant surprises here. They're listening. And they say, "Wait a minute! I I just spent on a new garage door. I'm just about to get a new garage door." 
Uh, I'm going to make sure it meets the requirements and I'm going to get my 30% uh, credit subject to these limits that we went through. Um, pleasant tax surprises. Tax surprises come in two flavors. Um, usually they're not great, but uh, hopefully some people have some pleasant tax surprises listening to this. Um, so Larry, my last question for you. Where can folks go? They want to find uh, find out more about you and your practice. Uh, they could go to my website, LarryPondCPA.com, or just look look up look me up on LinkedIn. Okay, um, great. Uh, Larry's pretty smart, as you can tell. So if you got questions, I suggest you reach out to him. We will put both the link to his website and to him on LinkedIn uh, in the show notes, so make it real easy for everyone to find. Uh, Larry, I want to thank you for coming on and talking tax credits with me today. Always a pleasure. Oh, thank you, Michael. That's it for today's show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify to help spread the word to other investors. And we'll be back soon with another episode.